Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 25 of the Audible Farm Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Peter Stockdale. This week, I'm sitting down with Kirk Bricker. He got a hold of me on Facebook. He said that he builds cigar box guitars. I was intrigued. I had him over here. We sat down and had a conversation about cigar box guitar building, and I, I've never been more I've never questioned somebody so much in a podcast because this is so far out of my element. I've never actually built a cigar box guitar. I had never played one up until this point. I had only seen some videos of what he had done online. And I had assumed the videos didn't do his cigar box guitars do justice. And boy, oh boy, they do not. Holy cow, these things are amazing. When we got done with the podcast, he busted a couple of them out and played a few tunes for me and showed me what he's what he's getting himself into. And I, the, the interview is amazing, and uh, I almost wish I would have recorded what we had after the interview because he played a handful of tunes, and he sat down and showed me some of the things on the guitars, and it kind of makes me wish I actually had a video podcast for this or um, you know, wished he had a Facebook page or something like that because, holy cow, he has some amazing stuff. So uh, check out this, this next interview coming up. It's episode number 25 with Kirk Bricker. And and just just enjoy this because I had a great time sitting down talking with him about about building cigar box guitars and what got him to start doing it. And we actually like pinpointed a, a direct point, a couple of people that influenced him to do what he's doing now. And I'm not sure that he's going to build cigar box guitars for a living. Uh, as of right now, it just seems like a hobby for him. But we get into all that and more in the podcast, so enjoy this. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 25. This is Kirk Bricker. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Here in my garage trying to borrow a heater. And then I actually do the, I build the cigar box guitars out of my uncle's full wood shop out there. So I was going to go out there and do the podcast out there. But then he said the snow was piled up in front of it. So I'm like, ah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I was struggling. So, so Yeah. So I guess we'll just start it out somewhere in here. Like I'm sitting down with, it's Kirk Bricker. Is yes. that right? Yep. And uh, you and I actually just met on Facebook, ran, uh, you had contacted me because you saw I had a a podcast mm -hmm. and you intrigued me with a story of of you building cigar box guitars and i went and looked on your facebook page and saw you playing some of them and they sound great so what i, I guess what i'm wondering is how did you get into thinking about building cigar box guitars like what was the thing that got you to start doing that um so my uh relatives were all playing guitars back in the day and that's that, that, was, that was our thing family reunions they would play guitars and my uh one of my great grandpa great great grandfathers had a banjo he'd always bring his banjo to the family reunion so i'm like oh i gotta get a banjo i gotta go buy a banjo one of these days so finally i broke down and met a guy in mason city that came over from uh town east of there bought the banjo for 100 bucks i think it was in a hard case so I started teaching myself how to play the banjo, and I was struggling with the frets and my fingering, and and trying to learn how to you know push my fingers down and and fretting the the chords and stuff. And uh, I'm a full carpenter. I've been oh, okay. I was a carpenter for ten years. So all right. And I seen a little blurb on Facebook about these cigar box guitars, and I did some research. And I'm like, wow, it's just a stick in a box. Yeah. And I don't have any frets. I'm yeah. Like, oh. Well, there we go. Yep. So I made my first one in 2012. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, 13, 14, I kind of dibble-dabbled, made a few more. And then uh, in 2015, I made probably 20 or so. And I uh, sold a few of them to family members and cousins that wanted them that were kind of cool. And I have a cousin that lives in Oklahoma that plays in a band, and he thought it was cool. And Yeah. So and then, uh, and then I just started uh, tinkering with them a little bit better, made some four strings, Started getting an electric, different pickups, yeah, different types of pickups. So let's start here. Since I don't know too much about cigar box guitars, how many strings does a cigar box guitar usually have? Um, 
usually has three or four. Three or four? Yeah. So when you first started building them, I'm assuming you started with three string. Yes. And then you moved to four string. Uh, did, do you have to like make a flatter neck, like plane off the neck and everything? Or is it, it's not just like a, a round dowel type thing coming out of a box. No, no. So like the history of cigar box guitars are uh, way back in the day and 1800s or 1900s they, they you have a, a broom back in the in the southern states and it's a broom that has the uh, straw on it uh-huh. and it has a wire that is around the straw okay and, and they take that wire off and drive a couple nails in the broomstick uh-huh. and they wire that wire up to the two different nails and that was their musical instrument back in the day okay i'm not sure actually where the box got into that but um uh, there's dilly bows that use one string with uh-huh. box. I've, and, I've seen those. Yeah, and there's there's some two strings, and when you get into three string, uh, it's three notes typically for a chord. So G yep. D G is is G. It's yep. an open G chord. Yep. So that's kind of where the three string starts, and then when you get into four strings, that you get that uh, that other note in there. Yep. Whether it's a B for your G chord, yep. G D G B. You know, mm-hmm. you get into that B note. So. That's when you get into the four string, and it still sounds a lot more, a lot deeper. Yep. With the four string. So. Yeah. So that's cool. Like, uh, I guess in in the musical aspect of it, you'd be adding the third. Yeah, it'd be the third of the chord. Yep. On the very bottom end. So yeah, that's into that's, the theory. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's pretty neat, actually. I never really thought too much about how they were strung up. So uh, you could essentially just like bar the whole thing and play a chord the whole way up and down it if you really wanted to. Yep. Yep. So uh, do you usually use like a slide with that or? Yep. I I have a I use I just started with a glass slide. That's all I've used so far for the four or five years I've played. So, and like I said, there's no fret, so you just bar across the number. Uh huh. Um, and on the side of the neck, I'll I'll number the frets all the way down to 12 oh that's cool so i'll know where i'm at yep um like a guitar has the the circles or whatever yep yeah i was actually gonna ask you that how do you know exactly where you're at but yeah yeah so you, you put little markers on there and stuff mm-hmm. yep so you started making these uh we'll say it was about seven years ago mm-hmm. and then you kind of sold a couple off to some family members and such have you done much of that since then um, so I, I had a, a booth at the Clarion Festival last year. All right. I sold two there. Um, so I, the, for the sale part of it, I, I'm kind of dibble dabbling into, into, I'm struggling with, do I teach myself more how to play or do I make some more and get a Facebook page and, and go a little bit more mainstream with them? Yeah. And do I add frets to them or yeah. do I not add frets to them? Yeah. So, yeah. Have you ever tried adding frets to one of them? I have, yes. Um, so the three string is uh, a number five, number four, and number three out of a guitar set of strings. Okay. So I have the six string left over and the two and the one left over and yep. packets of. So I have packets and packets of strings. Yeah. So I just found something online. I'm like, well, you use the guitar strings as frets. So I started. I tried that once. Uh, uh-huh. I used the number six string and tried to make frets with that and glue it to the fretboard, and uh, it just didn't work. Yeah. So I can imagine it'd be tough to get them all exactly in the right spot and straight. Yeah. Straight. Yeah, yeah. That'd be the other tough one because it's not like when you're done with a guitar string, you just leave it straight and hang it up. You have, you know, wind it all up, you know, in a circle and, yeah. and put it back away in the pack or whatever. So I've kept all my, uh, uh, what would you call them? Um, uh, what do you call like a. I'm trying to think of the word um, where you have a uh, you're testing you're testing different theory different ideas yeah and, like your little prototypes yep, of different things I have a stack of prototypes yeah, yeah and some guys you know they burn them you know but uh-huh. I'm thinking I'm gonna keep them yeah why not so. uh, you know you got your own little museum of your I don't want to say your failures but the failures is what you learn off of so exactly. and that's that's something yep. I'm learning as I grow older so it's you know you can't just throw away everything that's a failure and walk away from it otherwise you probably wouldn't be as far as you are into building cigar box guitars now so use actual cigar boxes i'm assuming correct yeah okay so i mean i guess i don't know i just just i just assumed but at the same time you never know maybe somebody makes cigar box guitars without a cigar box i don't know um Um, yeah you can just custom make a box with finger joints yeah sure out of different types of wood 
So where do you get the cigar boxes? I mean, are you a cigar aficionado and you just got dozens of boxes laying around? Or that's no, that's another part of the great story is I don't smoke cigars. So it's <laughs> like, you know, so, so uh, periodically throughout travels, or you know, there was a tobacco shop in Fort Dodge there that was a really great tobacco shop, and I would go in there and they would have empty cigar boxes, and they would sell the paper ones for two bucks and the wooden ones for three bucks. Nice. Empty, you know. Yeah. And then if there was one cigar left in the box, you could buy the cigar for six bucks and you get the box with it. Oh, nice. So I, I do have a stack of cigars too now. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. like, just in case, you know, yeah. I, I, New Year's or somebody gets pregnant or something. I guess I don't know what people smoke cigars for really, but. Um, yeah, special occasion. So have, did you uh, originally start playing like a regular guitar at all, or was the banjo the first thing you tried to play? The the banjo was the first thing I tried to play. And uh, like I said, I, I maybe played it for a year. So it was probably 2011 when I bought the banjo, and then 2012 was when I just kind of set it aside and and uh, and made my first cigar box with no frets. Uh-huh. And then I followed a guy that was in Australia on YouTube, and he started playing like ACDC and Johnny Cash on fretted cigar boxes. I'm like, wow, this is kind of easy. And I'm like, well, this is, I can play songs pretty quickly. Yep. You know, because I'm just barring chords. Yep. So that's kind of where that started too. Yeah, I... I mean, it's just kind of crazy that, like, did did you play any instruments, like, growing up in, in school, or... Yeah. Did, so, I, so you had a little bit of musical background. Yeah, I can read music. Uh, I, I played the piano back in high school. Oh, that's cool. Drums. Yeah. And I was in, playing the drums in band and stuff, And but as for a stringed instrument, no, I didn't play a stringed instrument back then, so... Yeah. Um, do you ever play, like, a drum kit, like a full kit? I did have a drum kit, yeah. Yeah, do you ever play in a band or anything like that, or... Nope, never play in a band. You still play the drums at all? Um, a little bit, yeah. I don't have a set, a kit with me, but yeah, I've dibble-dabbled a little bit when I've been, you know, with Clint and, you know, with Riedel, I've played with him a little bit here and there. Oh, cool. When he's had open jams and stuff, I'll sit on the kit and stuff. But nice. Yeah, that's that, pretty fun. That's awesome. I, I'm all about going to those jam nights. I just kind of discovered them a, a few months ago, and I was like, man, these things are too much fun to go mm-hmm. to, you know? Like, I... I even like made my made it went out of my way to go to Fort Dodge to the one uh, a couple weeks ago at Patty's Pub. And yep. Like I went like super late at night and it was it was still fun, you know. Yeah. So yep. I it's totally worth the drive. I I hope I see you at one, you know. That's I'd, I'd love to have you behind the kit and actually get to play with you sometime. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. You ever thought about bringing a cigar box guitar to a jam night? Um. Yeah, I've done it a few times. Yeah, I've went out to the uh, open mic and Timbuk Brew. They have have one on Thursday nights. I've been to the Pomeroy one. That's once a month, I believe. And then I get out to Barnum every once in a while with Clint and play. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Yes, that's really sweet. Yeah. I mean, I guess all you'd have to do is be in the right key, right? In or do you have like do you yep. tune it differently on the fly, or do you bring in ones that are tuned? Um, I can, keys? I can tune, I can, so with a five, four, three string, I can tune from the key of D up to the key of A. Mm-hmm. And typically yeah. if I go to A a lot, it's going to break a string. Yep. But, uh, typically I, I, so I have a set that I've made that I can play around 20 or so songs. So I start on the key of G uh-huh. and then I tune down to the key of D. Oh, that's true. Cr- every song that I play, I down tune your way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Cause it would lessen your opportunity of breaking a string up. You know, you tune up and you only get five songs in and you break a string. You're like, well, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. You know? So you have actual like guitar tuner pegs on there or, yep. or, all right. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd really have to, I, I, we, I don't have, we don't have one like right in front of us. I'm sure you brought one with you though. I did. Yes. Yeah. We'll have to, to bust one out. I mean, we could even like pause this and come back and look at it again if you want. But, but yeah, it, it's, it's really an intriguing thing to me. I've, I've never really sat down and thought too much about playing a cigar box guitar. And I think the first video I saw of you playing was, uh, wish you were here by Pink Floyd. Oh yeah. And I was just like, Holy crap. You know, like it's not like you have to guess what it is. You know what it is instantaneously when it starts coming out. And, Mm -hmm. and there was another one I was listening to you play earlier today while I was listening to some more. And I was like, I know exactly what song that was, but I can't, I don't, I just, I don't know. 
had a long day at work and it's just kind of like i still kind <laughs> well, of in that I mean, brain melt mode but you want me to rattle some off or whatever? yeah yeah what um, kind of stuff do you play um well the the first one was johnny cash uh folsom prison blues um there's george threw a good uh bad to the bone uh-huh. it's a slide guitar song really yep and uh yeah, Tom Petty, uh, Running Down a Dream, that's in the key of E, uh, yep. fairly easy to play there. Um, Metallica's in the key of E, uh, one of the Metallica songs that I can play is, is pretty interesting. Um, I guess I'm trying to think what the other ones, there's a couple country runs uh, that I play also. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, I mean, we were talking a little bit about how you kind of sell them on the side a little bit. Is there somewhere like people could go to find your information? Because, I mean, you were talking about how you don't have a Facebook page and you don't really have too much of that stuff going on. But, like, let's say somebody's actually intrigued by the podcast and wants to get a hold of you. Other than me tagging you on Facebook, is there anywhere they could go? Um, I don't really have a presence on Facebook or the internet to go and purchase or see them and purchase them. Um, I guess they could reach out to me, uh, through Facebook messenger or through the, uh, the audible podcast. And then I'd be able to get a hold of them. Like I said, it's kind of a, it's more of a hobby right now. And so it hasn't really blown up into a, into a large, you know, corporation where I'm just pumping these out left and right. Yeah. Like I said before, it's kind of like that yin and the yang. Do I teach myself more and more how to play these or do i yeah i mean start building them you know and i totally with you (laughs) on that because like the whole i feel like the whole aspect behind you building one in the first place was uh you had the know-how and you wanted to learn something that was not the banjo so you actually like did it to want to play the thing right yeah and so like what did you think when you first like made a cigar box guitar and you were like i'm gonna make this thing and play it like what 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 did you have in mind originally as to like what you could play or what kind of songs were going to come out and like, what was the progression? Cause I'm sure you didn't just bust out Metallica on the first one. <laughs> no, no, you know, no. That, first... that happened a little bit further down the line. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it, so it's really the YouTube experience. It's the YouTube uh, learning experience. So you, you do a little bit of research and like I said, that guy in Australia that, that could play uh, Folsom prison blues on it. And I'm a huge Johnny cash fan. Uh-huh. And that, like I said, that was the first song that I taught myself was Folsom prison blues. Uh-huh. So when I, the first cigar box I made, that's the first song I taught myself how to play. All right. So, I mean, that guy, like I said, in Australia could play it. And I'm like, I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that attitude definitely helps when you want to learn an instrument is to be able to look at somebody and be like, I think I can do that, you know, and then it turns into, you know, I could totally do that. It's not that going to be that big of a deal, you know? Yep. And, uh, like something like that for my end was, uh, I mean, obviously like learning to play the guitar. I was, I'm just like you, I'm internet taught. Like, uh, I, <laughs> yep. the internet showed me how to do it and I learned that that's how I learned, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I figured out where my holes were at and kept filling them in slowly. And, and like, I started customizing guitars a little bit on the side. So I've, I've customized a couple in the past couple of years, and that's that's how I learned how to do it. It was the same thing. You just mm-hmm. go online, and you find somebody that's customizing stuff, and you're like, I sure. wonder, wonder how to do this. And then it's just you just go one step at a time and start figuring it out. And then before you know it, you're doing what they're doing. Sure. And, and it is kind of the weird thing when you think about, like, how much do I actually want to do this? Like, I'm sure it, you wouldn't mind making cigar box guitars for a living, but at the same time, like, do you want to make cigar box guitars for a living? Like, so, sure, and it's, yeah. that's kind of how I think like the me customizing a guitar thing. So I'm trying to like draw a parallel, I guess, between like our two lives a little mm-hmm. bit. And it's, I don't know, like what's your take on, on that whole thing? Cause I know you said you, you're st- you're right now. You're kind of like, I want to play this thing more, Yep. but, uh, I mean, do you have aspirations of joining a band or are you just, are you fine just showing up to the jam nights? Or is it just kind of like a hobby thing where you're just plunking around in the basement sometimes? You know, those are, those are questions in the back of my head. Do I want to join a band? And I've talked to a lot of guys that are in bands, talked to a fair amount that are playing by themselves. And like I said, I've been to a couple open, open mic nights and it's almost, it's almost like you have your own equipment, so you have your own pedals, and you, ha- you learn your own way. So it's like, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's difficult to to join a band if if you're set in your ways, I guess, and how how you play. And but yeah, in in the back of my mind, I, I did do one. Uh, my first bar gig was a couple weeks ago, so I did do my first bar gig, and with my own equipment. 
and it was almost a train wreck. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. most most firsts are yes. Right, so <laughs> yes, but so like I don't know. Do you want to elaborate at all? Like where were you at? Um, I actually played at the well in in Goldfield, which oh, was cool. Cool. Two blocks from my house. I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so no kidding. I, I talked to the manager on Facebook, and I'm like, ah, I'm thinking about doing this. And she goes, okay. She goes, we'll have you. And and I, I told her, I said, I maybe an off night. Could I do an off night? And she, she kind of thought about it, and she got back to me. She goes, okay, how about this Saturday night? I'm like, okay. And I got back to her, and she goes, and I'm like, how, what's going on Saturday night? Well, we're celebrating all birthdays for the month i'm like okay so the place was packed yeah it's not that's not exactly an off night yeah so jeez yeah it was a struggle there at the beginning with feedback and the microphone issues and you know some but anyway it was it was a good learning experience too yeah um i mean i I talk about it it seems like about every other podcast how the sound guy never gets enough thanks at, (laughs) at a show because it's not an easy process like especially if you have to set it all up yourself and get everything like i mean you gotta have a mixer or maybe you don't have a mixer and it's just like well then what do you do you gotta like line string a whole bunch of speakers together and hope yeah. you don't get feedback coming into the microphone and it's it yeah, is it is a, definitely an art there is definitely an art form to it and i'm not gonna say that i'm great at it but i can pull i guess i can pull it off but it's still like i will yield to somebody else in a heartbeat if they're like i think you should do it this way and it's just like here's all the stuff you do it you know sure yeah so so what'd you think though? You would you like to go do another show sometime? Oh yeah. I mean, yep. yeah. So, yeah, I'd I'd like to do another show. Um, I don't know when or where or how or, you know, how it actually comes to fruition, but it'll happen again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, do uh, and you were just a solo act, so it was just you, a cigar box, guitar, and a microphone. Correct. So, uh, you ever think about like just having somebody play like a cajon like a little box drum set or something next to you and yeah i mean keep you in beat for sure yeah i mean that was something that i learned like one of the first jam nights i went to was there was uh like four people at it and it was um it was a handful of years ago in algona when it was still the afterlife and there just like wasn't anybody there on on whatever night it was like a thursday or friday night and so my buddy was up there playing guitar and he just had a cajon sitting there and i was like i'm just gonna sit next to you and play this cajon and it was it adds just just enough dynamic to what's going on. It keeps everybody like perfectly in beat, and it's yep. it's kind of fun when you know you drop out the guitar and the cajon's still going, or vice versa. It's it's just kind of a nice, neat little dynamic. Sure. I uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the fact that you play the drums too, and you switch to a string instrument. Um, is there a reason you don't like take to the drums as much anymore, or is it just the whole like the bulkiness of having a drum set sitting around? As opposed um, to a cigar box guitar being quite a bit smaller. Yeah, or it's been twenty years since I've actually had a kit. Yeah. So there is a, a big gap there of you know raising a family and 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 that's I'm struggling with that now. You know, I, I have a family and I have a wonderful wife and wonderful two kids. You know, and mm-hmm. so it's that's that balance of yin yang. Do I do I put a kit in the family room and start jamming <laughs> the family room or you know? So yeah, this, yeah. They're uh, sitting down trying to watch a family movie and like eating popcorn and you're just trying to bust out like hot for teacher on the drums or something you know yeah Yeah, i I totally get you yeah so a little history too i've actually been a dj at a dance club in des moines so if that gives you a little bit different of the aspects of what i've done in the past no kidding so what kind of dj stuff did you do just like uh did you like take requests or was it like you would come up there with your own playlist or did you actually like scratch records or um no actually um i i answered an ad on craigslist to be honest with you and uh it was something i i dibble dabbled in a little bit at home and i'm like well i wonder so anyway i I answered the craigslist ad and i was actually a dj at a dance club uh in des moines over by urbandale for uh four years every saturday night so that's yeah, awesome. It was a blast. Oh, it was, I bet. It's one of those jobs that you just, uh, you really loved, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you probably almost walk away every night with a fun story, yep, you know, from exactly. something like that. Just just from observing, you know, yep. like you get to watch everybody else kind of do their thing. And and that's that's kind of the fun part about being, like, I, I don't necessarily drink anymore. I haven't drank in a while. It doesn't mean I, I won't, but I just don't right now. I don't know. 
so like I go to bars and I get to just observe everyone and it's kind of kind of fun um, at this point in my life because at one point I was like man is everybody just doing this to me you know just like watching me sure. <laughs> the closer it gets to two o'clock the the crazier this person gets or whatever but you know I don't know it's just kind of fun to actually just go and and watch people and and maybe be the person providing the entertainment uh, musically and mm-hmm. so there's like a maybe a small parallel there but sure but that's man a dj too that's yeah that's kind of so, nuts so you've just been like a jack of all trades over the last handful of years yeah i mean you go from lady gaga to you know the right to playing a musical instrument and singing johnny cash and busting out a little <laughs> you know george thorogood and yep. it's like yeah the dynamic of that is i'm thinking i was thinking about that you know i'm like DJ for three years and then I bought a banjo and now I'm building these cigar box guitars. So, yeah. Yeah. So you've always kind of, I, I take it you've always really enjoyed music. You oh, know, yeah. it's been something Definitely. that's been with you for a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, you play, if you play a drum kit, did you play the drum kit in band in school or did you just kind of pick it up on the um, side? Well, I, so I was, I was in the drum section in band. Yes. Yep. In the marching band also. Mm-hmm. And then I did, uh, my parents bought a drum kit and I, I had the drum kit downstairs, you know, and I, I dibble dabble with the drum kit. I didn't actually have, I didn't take it any farther than that though. I didn't have lessons with the drum kit. So yeah, so that's about how far that, that went. You didn't have like a jazz band or anything in band with a drum kit or, um, well we did. Yes. But, uh, the, uh, number one position for the drummer was playing the drum kit. Oh yeah. I wasn't the number one position yeah. oh. in band. So. Uh, I certainly was not either. I will, <laughs> yes, I'll be so. the first to admit that. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I guess, I don't know, like, it's not like it's here nor there, but there's a lot of those people that don't make music anymore and, and hear, I am still trying at least, you know, like, um, I guess I don't know if I would, man, making music for a living would be a very tough thing. I would think like, uh, I mean, I think I always think to myself, like I would really enjoy it, but it would actually, you know, it's, I think it'd be just like anything else. It'd be a little bit of a grind. I mean, you have to mix your business in with what you actually enjoy, which is playing the instrument, which I think would also kind of make it somewhat tough. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess maybe that's, that comes right back to your conundrum is do you want to make cigar box guitars or play cigar box guitars. Yeah. Yep. That that's the yin and the yang. Do I do I start building them again or yeah. you know, or do I just keep playing it? You know, so So you had uh mentioned that you have electric cigar box guitars? Yep. All right. So uh like walk us through that. So I'm assuming with a cigar box guitar you gotta cut a hole in it like with an acoustic. That's correct. Yeah. All right. Do you still cut the hole in it if you are going to make an electric one? Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would say so. Could that that would that helps with the acousticality of, you know, the cigar box. Um, through my research and stuff, they, they talk about if you can fit an egg through the hole in your cigar box guitar, that size of that sound hole is about appropriate. That makes sense. I don't know if that's true or not, or hearsay or he say. But yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good rule of thumb. Yeah. So uh, with an electric one to use, like, you got metal strings, so you can use a guitar pickup of some kind. Yeah. Well, actually, they're acoustic strings that okay. I put on them. Oh, you put acoustics on them. Yep. But they still, still be metal though. Yeah, they're so, still yeah they're so, brass wound metal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're it's, not like steel like steel guitar slide strings. Yeah. You know? So yeah. if you want to amplify it, like uh, when you have an electric electric cigar box guitar, you're going to plug it into something. Correct. correct. And do an amp. Yeah. Yep. And, and so mm-hmm. you just have like a microphone inside of it or, um, no. So, um, I first started with uh, piezo discs. Okay. Um, those are round discs that, that pick up sound. Um, and then, uh, through the research and through my, uh, uh, mess up guitars, I would call it, you know, I've gone up to, uh, like four pole, uh, uh, pickups, um, active pickups. I have a, I brought a couple that are active pickups that take a nine volt battery and uh-huh. those take a piezo, uh, a stick type, uh, a piezo disc. No, it's not a disc, but it's a stick. Uh-huh. And then, uh, you get into the, I have one that has a P90 soap box, soap, soap bar in it. And that's my favorite one so far. Yeah. And you get into the humbuckers. I have a couple of humbuckers on them. So oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, do you find that, I guess, uh, positioning the humbucker up or down, affects the way that it sounds a little bit yes it does yeah um uh, closer to the bridge it would have a higher 
and a higher sound. Yep. Farther away from the bridge, a little bit lower tonality to the sound. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it'd be like, I would, I was just like with a guitar, it was, uh, the closer to the bridge was like brighter, I guess you yep. could say. And the closer to the neck, like the farther away from the bridge, it would get warmer Correct. or like rounder sounding. Sure. So like, uh, does each, so you have like a six pole pickup that you're putting on a three or four pole or three or four string guitar, right? Um, actually they make four poles. They make four pole ones. Yep. All right. Yep. So, so you actually, man, I, I guess I never knew that. So, so here I am. I'm still learning. They make all. three pole too. I actually have a three pole one that I brought with me. So yeah, they have three pole ones too. So you can actually find a pickup that's suited perfectly for like a cigar box guitar or something like that. Yep. All right. So like, um. Do normal like I don't say normal companies, but like do do like Demarzio or like any of those kind of companies like Seymour Duncan? Do they make them, or do you have to like go get them custom made? Because I do know that like online, you can just go buy a pickup winder and wind your own pickups up if you want to. Yep, I've I've watched some YouTube videos on that. You yep, know, learning that. Should I get into that? Nah, nah. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> nah. I feel you. It's just like how many hobbies does a guy need? Yeah. You know, so. So you're going to let somebody else make the pickups for you <laughs> yeah. for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you found somebody online at least or somebody somewhere that makes these with three or four pole. And I guess I, yep. did, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. So. I actually joined a face, Facebook group that is for winders that wine pickups. Oh, that's crazy cool. So, yeah, if you actually want a certain tonality out of your guitar or out of your cigar box guitar, I'm sure there's somebody that would wind you you know, 300,000 wines or whatever you yeah, would need yeah. to have on a pickup and really customize a sound for you. Yeah. I mean, that's something so. else that I, I haven't looked too deep into just for the simple fact that it's like, I don't want to get lost in a whole new thing and then be like, <laughs> I'm going to buy a pickup winder and you like yeah. make three pickups for one guitar and you call it good and you never make any ever again. Yeah. Cause that would be my luck. Unfortunately, I just kind of end up going that way sometimes. Um, the piezo pickup system, uh, I've I've seen those and looked at a few of them and you were talking about one with like a bar, is is like uh do they are they kind of like a normal pickup because I've seen some of them that were actually like the bridge mechanism itself was the the yep. pickup they have those two that that the pickup is built into the bridge yep. yes similar like the with the piezo stick I guess you'd call it um you would mount that underneath you know in the guitar underneath the bridge uh-huh. that stick because it's about the same length as the bridge yeah that stick would be yeah. Uh, from what I understand, piezo pickups, uh, they picked up like, they could pick up smaller vibrations and amplify them up to a larger Correct. sound. Okay. So yeah. I'm kind of, you can use it as a drum machine, really. Really? Yeah. So the piezo, so get a looper involved and yeah. Huh. I guess, a, oh man, that, that, now you're starting to talk about some crazy stuff. <laughs> Throwing a looper on an electric cigar box guitar could be a lot of fun, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, you could, you could really just start jamming with yourself on one of those that's that was one of the first things that i when i bought a loop pedal it was like one of the first things that i was just like oh man now i get to see like those people on the sidewalks that just have like a bass guitar and a loop pedal and like a little pa system like those guys are having a blast with just just a little bit of stuff and they it just always made it just intrigued me so much so Mm -hmm. now that i've i'm intrigued by the cigar box guitar so now i'm (laughs) like oh man i'm just I'm just finally actually realizing, I guess, that it's it's literally just a guitar, just a cigar box and and a and a stick and some and strings, stick. Yeah. but it's still a guitar. Yeah, you know, so you could, I mean, you could in essence just plug it into one of these amps over here and and run the thing through a full stack if you really wanted. Yeah. To. I mean, in essence, yeah. um, you'd have to deal with some feedback issues, I'm sure, somewhere. But yeah. Depending on how it's built. Sure. Have, have you ever tried to put one through like a guitar amp with some like dirtiness to it or anything um, like that? Like, Yeah, I, I have some pedals that create some dirtiness and I've plugged into a stack before and it's, it was in, an, the stack was in an apartment, so it wasn't like we were going to yeah. crank it up or anything, yep. but it was, it was fairly interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, oh man, this is really going to sound weird. Have you ever thought about making like uh like a I don't know if this would even be possible but like a solid body kind of cigar box guitar like um, like and now we're talking maybe even like bypassing the cigar box altogether um, or filling it in with something yeah there there's guys that have done that I've seen videos and stuff you just take a two by twelve yeah 
uh, and you make a solid body out of it and, and hone it out to where you put the pickups in it and, and drill it out to where you have the, you know, the, the plug in on the side of the two by 12, Yep. you know, and form and shape it towards a guitar and build it. Yeah. Oh man. Definitely. So you can actually, yeah. Okay. So you could pull that off if you really wanted to, it kind of deletes the whole cigar boxness of the whole thing, but it's still a cigar box guitar. Yeah. Uh, have you ever thought about trying to make a cigar box guitar or something like that out of something completely not cigar box like? For example, <laughs> I, I'm sure people have seen it, but it, on YouTube I saw a video of a guy that made a shovel into a, a whatever they call the single string stick. I, I, yeah. I'm forgetting the name at the moment, but yeah, it was just a shovel guitar. You yep. can look it up on YouTube, and it's just a single string, but it's the guy's playing like rage against the machine on it and <laughs> yeah. stuff and he's putting yeah. it through an amplifier and he it sounds really cool like yeah. have you ever thought about doing anything like that or I, I haven't really got to the extent of the shovel uh my wife did get a hockey stick uh from a hockey game down at the iowa uh is it iowa wild i believe yeah i think that's right yeah she did get a hockey stick and I, i'm trying to convince her to turn that into a three string so we'll see how that uh, uh comes on to fruition but uh i did buy a box of moon pies at the uh bass was it uh the bass pro shops or what's the one in altoona there i think it's a bass pro shop yeah it's cabela's or bass pro or something yeah so i I bought a metal tin and 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 use metal tins also Uh, they're kind of the similar uh size of a cigar box so i bought a metal tin and moon pies and and I haven't actually made it yet. I don't think I've actually ate all the moon pies out. That was kind of my goal: eat all the moon pies first, and then try to try to make a guitar. Oh out of man, it, so. that would have that would have made my old man light up if you heard you say moon pies. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. That takes me back to my childhood. I stuffed quite a few of those down in my day. Yeah. Oh man, so you've so you've thought about like even like metal? Have you seen anybody actually like do this with a cigar box guitar? Like take a metal tin and and do it with that, or like um, yeah. How, how, how do you think it would change the sound or well so the top of the cigar box is the sound board yep so when you have a metal tin on top of that i mean it does change the dynamics of the sound um there's other uh resonators that you can do there's a um, metal metal discs that you can put on the top of the cigar box and they actually there's a company that makes metal discs for cigar box guitars and you can make a uh, it's a like I said, it's it's, it's resonates a little differently, and, and the sounds different when you have that metal lid on there. Yeah. So it certainly certainly changes the dynamics of the sound. Yeah, I mean that's I mean now we're talking like resonator guitars, you know, yep. the ones that have, yep. like you said, like a metal disc in them that mm-hmm. kind of does a little bit of the yep. vibrating and moving to make the sound, as opposed to just going through a hole and vibrating a piece of wood on top. You know? Correct. Yep. So do you, uh, now we're going to talk some other stuff. So cigar box flip open top, right? Mm-hmm. So do you use the flip open top as your front of the guitar? Like, is that the, um, or, do yes. you use, or do you use the bottom side? Um, so typically I, I use the top of it because that's where all the graphics are at for the cigar, oh. for the actual design and the colors. They're really on the top of the lid. And some people, um, some people use the bottom of them, but I, I've, all mine that I, I've, I've built over 50 or so of them, and the lids is really what I key on. I really don't want to cut into the design and the colors. Uh-huh. You know, if I have to put a sound hole in there and it doesn't work on the lid, I'll put the sound hole in the side. Oh, yeah. You know, even it's just to get the sound out. So, because yep. I don't want to mess with the graphics and the colors and the uh-huh. design on the, on the lid. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's really interesting. I guess I never thought about that either. You know, uh, being a guy that doesn't smoke cigars, I guess I don't know too much about the boxes. So, like, I mean, why would they put any of the the cool designs on the bottom? No one's going to see it. So I never thought too much about that. I guess I could also see why some people would use the bottom, like maybe trying to state that it's, uh, you know, more sturdy on the bottom or something, or yeah. or, or like oh, if we There's do it, some theory about yeah, that. If, if we do the bottom, then you can hang it up backwards, and you still got a cool design on the other side or s- something. I'm sure there's some rhyme or reason as to, as there is with why most people do most anything, but <laughs> sure, but. Well, I'm really like intrigued by this. I never thought too much about cigar box guitars, and this kind of got me out of my element for now to to kind of think about it. Um, how about like a regular guitar? Have you ever tried to pick up a regular guitar, or are you thinking like six strings is way too many, or like because you've already got the basic concept and science of it down for the most part? 
Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the my uh, whole phrase is, you know, a, a cigar box guitar has three strings and a six string guitar has th- three too many. So, I, <laughs> so yeah. Oh man, that's a good. That's a good. That could be like on a shirt somewhere, you know. So your first shirt that you make's got to have that on it, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So uh, do you do you go to a lot of jam nights, or do you just kind of whenever you can? Or it's mostly whenever I can. Um, the 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 Barnum uh, on Tuesday nights is an hour drive. Um, going over to uh, to Pocahontas. Yeah, um, that's 45 minutes or so. The Timbuk Brew is pretty close. Um, I kind of, it's really, it's a great, great opportunity for for a bar to have an open mic night on some night during the week. It's it's great, and you never know who's going to come in there. Exactly. Somebody can bring a triangle in there and just bust some music out yeah, of the no, triangle. I no, mean, who knows? You never do know. And I mean, like I was at an open mic night not too long ago, and there was like a mini band got up there. It was just like four or five guys. Like we got like three or four songs we want to play. And it was like, all right, all, all you guys go up there and jam. And they went up there and just rocked it. And it was yep. like, oh, cool. This is, you know, because it's it starts to deviate from that typical like, oh, we're doing this blues song in this key. And then everybody yep. just knows what's going on where these guys are up there playing like 90s rock songs and, you know, early 2000s rock songs. It's like, hell yeah, that's cool, you know, gear shift that's going on. Yep. So I'm sure that's kind of like the same deal if you get up there with a cigar box guitar. Everyone's like, oh, sweet. You know, it's it's this is something new. This isn't definitely this isn't just somebody with a Telecaster or whatever, you yep. know, not just throwing out a name. It seems like sure. almost it's always strats and tellies at, at jam nights. But, you know, that, I mean, I'm just as guilty as everyone else. I think that's almost everything I've brought to a jam night was almost always my strats. So, like, sure. but, so you were talking about how you'd played with Clint Riedel before. How'd you run into him? Um, actually, he was playing, uh, he was playing on a jam night at a, a bar in Clarion. And I would go up there and watch him and everything. And I, and actually, he helped push me to get on the mic. And he would take a break. You know, he would take his break. And he's like, hey, go up there, go. And I just, I started, I broke my cherry. And I went up there and started playing on uh, during his breaks, you know. So that was, you know, a couple of songs that I would try to play. And uh, it, it was on some bike nights, too, that they had up there. And, and uh, Clint Riedel was really the pusher, I would call him, yeah. to, to uh, encourage me to go up there. And, and uh, you start gaining your confidence just slowly and slowly and slowly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, He's great. I love that about him, how he always seems to be so positive and, and pushing people towards doing what they're either what they're good at or what they want to do. Because yeah. um, I, sh- I had showed him a guitar that I had uh customized and and he was just like dude this is so cool you got to make me something now you know and it's like <laughs> yeah, all right well we'll definitely. see because i you know i don't take too many commissions and i you know i'm always just super worried especially when you're making art for somebody else um or especially like usable art like on a guitar it's just like i don't want to mess this up because if it doesn't look cool they're gonna they're gonna be mad because this is their guitar or whatever mm-hmm. you know or you know so but he was always really good at like uh the first jam night that i actually went to that i played at Clint, it was one that Clint Riedel was hosting in uh, Barnum. Yep. And and he was just like, you got to get up here. Come on. You know, and, and it, you know, yeah. kudos to Jeremy Ober as well, because he was up there playing and he's just like, oh, I'm done for a little bit. So here you go. And he just hands <laughs> me the guitar. And yep. Clint's like, now you got to get up here. Come on. Push, you know? The push. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not like I was incompetent. I was just, you know, I'd never actually like just jumped in on a random song. I didn't know on, on a random key and just gone with it, you know, with, yep. with people I'd never played with before. Definitely. It, it was always kind of one of my things that I I was really intrigued by growing up was people that could just swap out and just somebody else could jump in and then add solos to whatever. And they always knew what key it was in or something like that. And it, it always, it was just pretty fun to actually finally figure that out and, and get to, you know, be invited to go do those kind of things yeah, or just show definitely. up and have somebody be like, yeah, you're, you're just as cool as we are. Get up here, man. And yep. I, I hope I, I hope we'll get to see it at a jam night sometime. Uh, we're not quite at an hour, so I I don't know if I have too much more to ask of you at this moment. But uh, you were I can elaborate. Yeah, uh, so, elab- go for it. So there's a gentleman named Brad. <clears throat> he he had uh, two guitars that he had uh, gifted to him, and they were mine. And uh, one of them was probably the best one I've ever manufactured and he'd been playing guitar for 30 some years and um 
he just he was really infatuated with it and it was really great and he actually played it last summer during a during a park festival and and he told me he was playing it there so I showed up and it was the first time that I manufactured a cigar box guitar that somebody else played really well yeah and it's almost like your baby you know that you manufactured and and had it and it it uh, it brought tears to my eyes it really did it was it was great to see something that I manufactured and somebody else was playing it you know so it where'd, was really neat yeah where'd you say that was at um it it was in a uh, it was in a park festival um last summer um his name was Brad yeah, was it in Iowa here? Or was yeah, it, in, it was oh, in Iowa. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. You said you sold. Uh, you were telling me you sold like a couple of them down like the Oklahoma way, and maybe yep. a couple out towards Tulsa. Te- yeah, towards um, Tennessee or somewhere out yep. there. In Tennessee, uh, a few in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And and those guys, do they just kind of tinker around on them? You ever you ever get any callback on those guys telling you they played them at a show or something? No, like that? I haven't. And you know, my cousin that is in Tulsa, you know, I've, I've told him the same thing. You know, let me know how it sounds and how it plays, you know, and everything. And, and he hasn't really gotten back to me on that aspect of it. And that's why, like I said, this is the first experience that I've had that I actually seen somebody in person play. Oh, cool! A cigar box guitar that I manufactured. Yeah, and it sounded great, and he sang, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is, this is the almost the complete circle for a builder. Okay, so. let me ask you this: um, before you played your own cigar box guitar, had you ever seen but somebody in person playing one? Um, no, not no. in person. So no. it was just one of those things you saw on the internet. And we're like, let's try this out. Mm-hmm. That's yep. awesome, man. I. uh I I don't know if it's a a generational thing or what it is, but I feel like there's such a DIY thing kind of coming back uh, as of the last five years or so, yeah. where people are just like, I saw this thing online, I got to try it out. I, you know, Definitely. they actually go through and research their own way to go do it. And I'm not saying that like younger people don't do it because younger people are, they they certainly do their own thing. Yeah, you know. Definitely. So just because it's something that I'm not doing, but it, I mean, as far as like. I learned how to play the guitar online and it's just mm-hmm. something that I wanted to figure out. And, um, it's not like I was just like, Oh, I'll be damned if I'm going to pay somebody to teach me guitar, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it was just, that's all I had available was like tabs online and things like that. Sure. So, I mean, it's, it's just kind of nuts that you just saw this thing online. It, was it the video of the guy playing Folsom prison blues that kind of hooked you in or, or was it just, yeah. You, yeah, yep. it's just oh my gosh, that is yep. so cool. So yep. you you can literally point yeah. to the one person the so- play the solo of it and everything. It's it's great. Oh, that is yeah. sweet. So you could point to like the one guy in the one video mm-hmm. for the reason that you started doing all yep. all of this as of now. Yep. And it's not like uh, this defines you because you said you like even play the drums and you even can you still play the piano at yep. all? Yeah. Yeah. I can read piano music, so sure. So yeah, if somebody put something like church music or something in front yeah. of you, you could bust it out if you had to. Yeah. That's crazy cool. So, have you ever thought about like playing piano at a jam night or something like that? Or like, I mean, you almost never see keyboards at a jam night. I yeah, mean, I mean, I do have a couple of keyboards. Um, one of my keyboards, I can plug it in. Um, I've plugged my keyboard into the PA before and, and dibble dabbled with it. Um, I mean, there's a fairly big learning curve with the piano. Like I said, I can read music, so I would have to study the yeah. song first and, and learn how to play the song first before I go to a jam night and bust something out. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the other thing is like sight reading piano music is not something you can just do, you know, because yeah. there's so much more moving and, and yeah, articulation going on, it seems yep. like. Because you're playing like everything in the bass all the way through the treble staff. Like you're playing it all as mm-hmm. opposed to just... I don't know. Most guitar stuff is just simple chords and and a couple of hammer-ons and pull-offs here, and you sound like Definitely. a wizard, you know. So, yeah. uh, do you do all slide stuff with your uh, cigar box guitars, or is there any stuff that you can actually like finger pick out, even though there's um, no even though there's no frets? Um. Well, there there's hammer-ons that I do. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's a. Uh, uh, I play a Black Crow song, and and that has harmonics involved in it. Oh, cool! So I mean, you can still do harmonics with a cigar box guitar. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure the science is still kind of the same science as a guitar. You yep. know, like twelfth frets about halfway down, yep. so that the halfway point you've got a harmonic, and then correct. What would it be like fifth fret, seventh fret? You'd have a harmonic. You'd have correct. one near the fourth fret somewhere. Yeah. So all my cigar box guitars are with a 25 inch scale. Okay. From nut to bridge. Okay. So. Yeah. So that's not actually like a mini little handheld like kids no. sized guitar. It's it's almost it's like full sized. Oh uh, well, yeah. 
And and that's one thing I do have two six string acoustic guitars. I have the I pulled that back out. I pulled that out of my pocket. I do have two uh, six string acoustic guitars, mm-hmm. and they're now that I'm playing cigar box guitars. There's cigar box guitars are so tiny, and then when I grab this six string, I'm like, it's just so huge. Yeah, like, how do I wrap my arm around this? You know, so yeah, yeah, that's. Um, teaching guitar lessons, that's like one of the toughest things is to get people comfortable sitting, like holding their hand all the way around an acoustic guitar. Cause it's, I mean, even for kids, it's just super huge, you know, so they got to go with like a junior sized one or, or have shoulder problems the rest of their life. (laughs) But even with like fully adult sized people, it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird, but you just let your arm hang over the big edge of it over here and do it, you know? And sure. So, I mean, that's something I guess I never really thought too much of either is you have such a smaller body on, on the guitar compared to like an acoustic. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you don't actually get to like rest your arm on it and kind of be lazy about it. You got to kind of actually saddle up to the thing and play it, you know? Correct. So, so it might have like a little bit of a different, I don't know, let's, like, let's put it this way. Like if you got an uh, electric guitar, you can see sometimes some people put it like straight in their crotch and then the neck is more pointed upwards where mm-hmm. some people play the acoustic guitar and the neck is like parallel to the ground. Yep. So, I mean, that there's that little bit of swing making it the more, the farther you point it up, the quote unquote easier it is to play usually. So like on a cigar box guitar, do you just kind of like do the same thing, like point it about 45 degrees and just kind of stick it somewhere between your legs and go or. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's no bevel on it to fit on your legs. Nope, so. No bevel. Yeah. And, and I've learned throughout the different ones I've built, you know, where do you put the volume knob? Where do you put the tone knob? You know, don't put it over here. And maybe it needs to go over here because of the design of the graphics. And, uh, and I've started making scarf necks too on the cigar box guitar on the neck actually what's a scarf Um, what's a scarf neck uh it's a it's a so the headstock is angled back around uh five to seven degrees and it helps with the um the uh, this is the fancy word a ton a tonation or i can't really yeah fancy word about intonation intonation yeah the intonation of the guitar yeah so that that scarf the the scarf uh, headstock is a huge improvement on my building skills. So, so that's when you actually pitch the headstock back a Correct, little bit yep. instead of just leaving it straight. Straight, yep. Yeah, I'm sure that would help out quite a bit with like putting the right amount of tension on the string yep. at the at the nut. You know, because yep. there's I, I saw something about that with like uh, Les Paul guitars. Some people string the the bridge up one way, and some people string it up another way, and it all has to do with that kind of stuff as to how much of an angle you want to put off the strings on the backside on the bridge or up, up towards the nut. But yep. that's something else I'd, I'd never thought too much of until I started like looking into some things like, uh, like let's throw this out. Since you build guitars, you kind of can understand like the basic physics of it, but like yep. a, re- a reverse headstock guitar would have all the tuners on the bottom side. Mm-hmm. So if you would have the thickest string would have to travel the farthest all the way out to the very end, yep. which would make it, you know, if you have that much tension on it, it's going to make the headstock kind of at like a, a compromise position. Because if you think about a normal one, the the thickest string, which is on top, goes to the closest the tuner. Closest tuner so, yeah. so you don't actually have this tension running all the way down the distance of the headstock. Mm-hmm. So, because I'd, seen like broken headstocks before and people be like oh this headstock broke because blah 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 and you just kind of you know like you said going online and trying to figure out why things happen sure. and, and that was something i found out was like people with reverse headstocks had that issue sometimes with that uh, could be, yeah. you know that being a thing mm-hmm. have you ever i mean you've only been doing it for so long but have you ever had one that you've built like actually had like the neck kind of twist on you or anything at all huh. um haven't really twisted. Um, when you get to the four strings, it puts a little bit more uh, tension on the neck, I would say. Um, so I, I, I usually typically use maple for the neck. Cool. Um, I, I built a Moonshine cigar box uh, guitar, and I used hickory for that neck. Cool. Um, I've used oak also. Uh-huh. Um, maple's a pretty hard wood. That's pretty... Uh, pretty good to use yeah it seems to be like the run of the mill for most like electric guitars or even bass guitars things Mm -hmm. like that but i guess um if you don't have all the strings on there you don't necessarily need to have truss rods yeah things like that um and i mean like it's not like it's that much it's not like it's really small but since it's there's significantly less wood to it using oak wouldn't be that big of a deal you know people oh oak's heavy or something like it wouldn't matter like maple's heavy too so yeah. it's really not that big of a deal 
Um, what's like? What about the sizes of a cigar box? Have you? Is there yeah, like that, a difference? Like a big difference in sizes? Or? Yeah, that 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 does have uh, a play in the sound of it. Um, you get into thinner, you know, one inch thick cigar boxes, and you're really close to a hard body. Yep. Sound and you re- you have to reinforce that box. You're almost putting the whole wood in the whole box in yeah. that one inch thick area. Um, there there's two inch thick ones that are they're pretty decent and they hold a lot of volume for in the in the sound area. Um, and they get bigger ones too. So when you get a, a bigger cigar box, a longer one, I guess you'd say, um, typically on a guitar, your your fretboard goes over the top of the body. Uh-huh. So with a with a non fretted cigar box guitar. I mean, you don't, there's no fretboard to go over the top of the cigar box. So I'm kind of, I struggle with that because I'm, I'm almost ending like at the 15th or 16th fret because then you're going to get into the cigar box. Yep. So I haven't really got to that point where I'm putting fret markers on the actual cigar box because I need the 18th and 19th and 20th fret. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I, that's another thing I never really thought too much about because like, when you first start looking into like acoustic guitars, some of them have like a cutaway on the bottom, mm-hmm. to, so you can actually get up farther if you need to. Yeah. You ever thought about trying to add a cutaway to a cigar box? I don't know if that. I'm no. like, I don't know if it would compromise it too much or. No, uh, I've seen some online. Oh really? Yeah, if have cutaways in them, yep. Have you they ever... rest on your leg, you know, and stuff. Yeah. Have you ever like? It's still the actual cigar box. They just like reconstituted it into a different shape, or. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Pr- I mean, I'm sure that would take quite a bit of actual work to do. Woodworking, yeah. Yeah, um, so they would probably have to do that to a wooden cigar box as opposed to like, like, yeah, like one of the paper so. ones. Because I'm, yeah. I wouldn't imagine you could cut through like one of those. Because it's when I think paper cigar box, I think like cardboard, like ridiculously rigid cardboard, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it's like MDF or like paneling. Okay, um, that's kind of the wood paneling, and some of them are have oak in them. Uh-huh. Have oak paneling in them. Oh, so I mean, they're actually wood. So oh, crazy. Yeah, man, this is this has been just like me asking like a thousand questions and learning <laughs> all about this. And, and, and believe it or not, we're actually really close to an hour now. But but let's. Do you have any like? What are some of the craziest stories you have about some of these cigar box guitars? Like uh, like your biggest successes or your most epic fails or um, or something like that? If you have anything kind of. So fun I, stories. I, yeah, so I I found a guy on Facebook that uh, does some really uh, crazy paintings, and he paints on some cigar box guitars, and he actually makes some boxes and stuff. So he was in England. He lives in England. So I, I contacted him on Facebook, and he uh, paints and makes a box that is a moonshine box, and it's really cool looking. So I ordered it from him, and he shipped it to the U.S. and I put a, a the hickory neck on it, and that's a four string. It's got a humbucker in it. And my wife painted some uh, a phrase down the side of the neck, and it turned out to be really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. When you say moonshine box, well, um, he painted a moonshine uh, graphic on on the actual box. He manufactured the box himself. Oh, cool! So it's a wood box, and uh, he has some X's on the side. He's got a, a skull on the side of it. Um, so on the side of the neck, it says. Uh, uh, a hooch recipe on the side of the neck. <laughs> so there's some phrases and stuff that go along with it. And really the, the cigar box guitar is just a huge um, type of theme. So each one of them has a different theme to them. Each one has a different color, different thickness. And that's what I really like about it too, is there's not one cigar box guitar that's alike. Yeah. They're like snowflakes. Yeah. So I like mean, they're different colors, shapes, sizes. Yeah, and that's, not necessarily all by your design. Some of that's just by virtue of what cigar boxes you have, mm-hmm. what designs on the outside, what yep. kind of neck you decide to throw on the thing, yep. whether it's three or four string. Yeah, I made a custom one for a guy in Eagle Grove, and it's all based off of tequila. Huh. So, so it's yellow, and it's got a tequila bottle engraved and, you know, kind of recessed into the box. And Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. Have you uh, done much stuff like, uh, let's see, on the front... You still have like a front of your neck. Have you ever done much like designing to that, like wood scribing, or like you ever thought about getting like a like a brand kind of thing and just like branding the neck yeah, with something? Yeah, that that that's the next steps. You know, if that decision comes to fruition, to to get a brand and brand that box. And I my wife is really good at painting, so she's painted some of the 
tops of the of the fretboards with different phrases and and uh, in the past. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I mean, for me, Steve Vai was one of the first people. He had the uh, the Vine inlay on his guitar, and like PRS does, like the Falling Dove inlay, mm-hmm. and and Schechter, as of recently, has been getting pretty big into putting all sorts of stuff all over their fretboards, whether it be like a a Vine leafy pattern or something yep. kind of like that. Um, and I've got into you know different types of actual uh, sound holes to where uh-huh. that the C clef. Um, the actual C shape of the sound hole that you see on like violins and stuff. I've yep. actually got into scrolling those out on the lids of the cigar boxes. Um, different shapes that you would see on typical cellos and violins. Uh, yeah. I've actually put those into there. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. Like, have you found that that makes um, like a? I'm sure it does, and I'm I'm sure it does. But like uh, putting like a different sized hole somewhere else, or a different shaped hole somewhere else, mm-hmm. or something like that. Have you? I'm sure that makes a experimented difference. Experimented with different size shapes and yeah. That's up to interpretation of how it actually produces the sound and what it sounds like, but yeah. there's all sorts of theory on that. So Yeah, cuz one of the <clears throat> excuse me, one of the first things I saw was a uh, it was an Ovation, I believe was the brand name for the guitar and it was like an acoustic, but the sound hole was all up near like the top. I guess if you're looking at the guitar, it's up near the top right corner, but mm-hmm. you know it's up above the neck, up in the corner, and you're like, "What is, what is that? Does it even work when you do that?" And you sure. you pick it up at the shop and you play a couple notes, and you're like, "Oh, this thing works just as good as anything." You know, it just sounds a little bit different. I mean, in the defense of the uh, standard acoustic guitar, I think this one had like a composite body, so it mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't all wood or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, I guess that's another thing. Have you ever thought about trying to like? make your own like composite style bodies or like make like a mold that you could do or or something like that. No, not really. Um, it's all, it's all about the, the search of the cigar box. Where do you find it at? And my wife will actually go off and stop at the tobacco shop in Minneapolis just on her trip. And she'll text it to me. You're not going to believe the cigar box that I found. I've never seen this one before. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. It's almost the, the search of the cigar box and, and to, you know, I I have probably uh, 30 or 40 cigar boxes stacked up in my garage that I, at one point in time in my life, I might make a guitar out of it, you know, but so it's that, it's a search of the, of the different type of cigar box. I've never seen this color before. Yep. Or, so as for fiberglass or, or getting into some strange shapes and stuff, not really. No, I haven't really got into that. I, I'm, I really dig how, um, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit in the podcast, but like it's kind of like we're like an hour in and it's like the thrill of the hunt is, is almost <laughs> definitely equally driving you mm-hmm. as much as you want to just build the thing. I think like, yep. you know, just it's not like you're just collecting cigar boxes to collect cigar boxes and it's not like you're just going to have a bunch and sell just a cigar box store on eBay or something. But you, but you have like, you go out there and you, you try to find neat ones that are, are just exactly what you're looking for. Something you've never seen before, like a a crazy color something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know that, that's, that's really intriguing to me that, that is like one of the things that's that's fueling all of this. Yeah. So the the first one that I made, uh, the actual cigar box is called a brick house. Okay. So my last name is Bricker. Yep. So that was the first one that I made was the brick house <laughs> yep. cigar box guitar, and the one that I'm actually, I mean, if you call it gigging with, um, it's a brick house also. It's black. So, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. So so you've got your own like. I don't know. It's not like your custom brand, but it's yeah. like your custom brand, you yeah. know, like you custom make name brand. Yep. Yeah. That's, so. that's really neat. Uh, I guess I don't really, I don't have anything I can just borrow someone else's name. I'm sure there's something <laughs> out there that's kind of like Stockdale or Pe- sure. Peter or whatever, but yeah, man, that's, that's, that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad we actually got to like, you know, sit down and, and talk a little bit about this. And, um, I don't really think we're going to add any like, cigar box jamming to the podcast but i do actually want to see one of these things in person so uh we'll hop off the podcast here and and get to that in a second is there like anything else you want to add any thank yous you want to say to anybody out there um any shout outs anything at all um um 
thanks to Clint Riedel for pushing me, you know, to play. And, you know, who knows what would have happened if the Clint wasn't there, you know, to push me to play. So it's kind of fueled, it, it's fueled the play part of the cigar box guitar and it's fueled the building of it also a little bit. So yeah. And my wife are putting up with me building these and playing them. So yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, it's just that those are some, probably some of the best shout outs you could give. Uh, just somebody that inspired you and then the people that are around you for putting up with what you're doing. And uh, thanks to you too. Yeah. Oh, I'm, well, I'm really glad I could get you on here. Cause it's, it's atypical of what I've been doing mostly. Cause mostly it's just like, Hey, you're in an established band and you're doing this stuff around the state and all this stuff. And, and I've, recently been trying to reach out to other people like uh the last podcast i had before this was uh i'm going to school at iowa central right now and i had one of the kids that i go to school with down there he's like hey i like these music and this music and these guys and i was like let's go to it let's go to a jam night and play sometime mm-hmm. and he's like okay let's do it so we actually like went and jammed one night i was like nice i didn't know you were actually like could play and stuff so i was like <laughs> yeah. well get on the podcast man yeah. let's hear what your story is you yep. know so sure i'm just like really intrigued to hear everybody's story and 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 it's it's fun because you actually get to sit down with somebody that you like don't know, and you get to like you got to tell me a little bit about yourself. I got mm-hmm. to tell you a little bit about myself. We had some parallels in there, and it's yep. it's I just thank you very much for coming and doing the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. There's another podcast in the bank, ladies and gents. Thanks for sticking through to the end of that one. Thanks again to Kirk Bricker for joining me for the podcast. I had a great time sitting down and getting to know him and and learning more about cigar box guitars. Uh, I, I certainly learned a lot. Uh, one thing you guys didn't see was after we got done recording the podcast, he did bring some guitars in and we plugged them into some amps down here and, and he showed me some of the stuff he's been playing and, and how the guitars actually look. These cigar box guitars are insane. Every single one is very unique to the vision that he put into each individual guitar. Like he said, the Moonshine one was awesome. It had copper on it and such. Um, it's it's just mind-blowing the amount of work that he actually puts into these things and, and how much he just customizes everyone to be a very individual thing uh, and an artwork piece, not just a, a very playable instrument. Because that's the other thing. These aren't just like some hokey cigar box guitars. These things play and sound amazing. We put them through a couple of the amps at my house, and they sound so good. So thanks, huge, huge thanks to Kirk Bricker for making the journey to uh, my little studio here and, and joining me on the podcast this week. And I don't have a whole lot of information. He does have some videos on YouTube. He said he would share his YouTube channel with me. So I'm, I'm hoping to get that shared in the description section down below. Otherwise, I'm going to tag him in the Facebook and I'll probably put his Facebook page in the description as well. So if you guys are interested in these cigar box guitars, which are very cool, and I mean very cool, get hit him up. Hit him up and he he does great work. I, I'm, I'm very blown away by how awesome these are. Not that I doubted how good they were. But after the podcast was over, I pretty much just sat here with an open jaw watching him describe and play each one of these instruments for me. Uh, just, they work so well. It's, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. I can't believe he's put this much work into it, and, and it shows because of how good they actually are. So give him a shout-out. Give him a friend request. Shoot him a message. If you want a cigar box guitar, you have found the guy in North Central Iowa to hit up because these things are phenomenal. So make sure you check out his stuff. Maybe he'll set up a Facebook page, maybe not. Um, as of right now, the only way to get a hold of him is to shoot him a message through Facebook. Otherwise, you can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere, and we will put you in contact with him because these are amazing instruments. So thanks again to Kirk Bricker for joining me for a podcast, and thanks again to everybody for listening to episode number 25 with Kirk Bricker. I will be back next week with a gem of a podcast. So thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Peace.